Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 11th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to take a look in 2 Kings chapter 18. But before we jump into that chapter, let's talk just a little bit more about what's happening here among the children of Israel. We talked about this yesterday, but let's just review it and review why it's happening. If you'll remember, the northern kingdom or the 10 tribes have just had really wicked kings. Things have been really, really bad. And eventually at the end of 2 Kings chapter 17, that kingdom, the northern kingdom or those 10 tribes are scattered by Assyria. Now, we still have Benjamin and Judah in the southern kingdom, and Judah is a little bit different because they have their own kings, and their kings, for the most part, have been righteous, but they've allowed the people to have idolatry. They've allowed the people to worship false idols and do all sorts of things that are against the law of Moses. And that has kind of led the people down over the years. But then, as we talked about yesterday, all of a sudden, a really wicked king comes to be in Judah. His name was Ahaz, and he was so wicked that he sacrificed his own son to these false gods and these false idols. Really, really bad guy. And I can only imagine how heartbroken our Father in Heaven must have been as he watched these things unfold in the northern kingdoms and in Judah and among Benjamin. It must have been so disheartening. As an imperfect parent, I imagine him looking at Israel and Judah and saying, you know what? I told you guys so. I told you exactly what was going to happen. You made your choices and now these are the consequences. Now, I'm sure he's a much better parent than I am, but being imperfect myself, that is my thought. Because if you'll remember, when Samuel was a prophet, that's when the people requested a king. And Samuel kept trying to tell the people, no, this is a really bad idea. And he'd talk to the Lord and then he'd go back to the people and say, don't do this. But listen to what the Lord finally says. Remember, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So this verse just about breaks my heart. (laughs) Here the Lord is saying to Samuel, give the people what they want. They're asking for a king. You can give it to them. They're not rejecting you, Samuel. I know it feels that way. I know that feels like a personal rejection. But Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me because I wanted to be their king. I wanted to rule over them. I wanted to protect them, to lead them, to guide them. I wanted to do that for them. But they've rejected me and they've decided to ask for a king because obviously he knows and he understands what's going to happen. He understands that to have unjust or imperfect or even wicked people reigning over you will change the way you act and think and behave. And so he understood that setting up these kings over Israel was going to be a mistake and where it would end up for the people but he allowed the desires of their heart. But we're warned about this again in the Book of Mormon. Remember in Mosiah chapter 29, Mosiah teaches the people that they should set up judges instead of kings. Listen to what he says in verse 13. He says, Therefore, if it were possible that you could have just men to be your king, who would establish the laws of God and judge this people according to his commandments, yea, if ye could have men for your kings who would do even as my father Benjamin did for this people— I say unto you, if this could always be the case, then it would be expedient that you should always have kings to rule over you. 
He's saying, look, kings would work if you could guarantee that they would always be righteous. But Heavenly Father knew and he understood what happens to these men or what would happen to these men when they took over the kingdom, when they received that power. He understood that it would change them. And by changing them, it would change the future for the kingdom. So I can only imagine Heavenly Father's joy when the next king of the southern kingdom or the next king of Judah steps up to the plate. His name was Hezekiah, and he was actually Ahaz's son. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But look at what Hezekiah does for the people. Remember, a lot of the kings in Judah weren't necessarily bad, but they allowed people to do bad things. They allowed people to worship false idols and to build up these false images and false gods. Ahaz was super wicked, but for the most part, they weren't totally bad. Hezekiah is a righteous man, and look what he's going to do. Starting in verse 3 of chapter 18, it says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down groves and break in pieces the brass serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense unto it, and he called it Nehushtan. Now let's pause right there because I think that's so interesting. It's saying he removed their high places, so he removed their false places of worship. He took down the images that they were worshiping, and he broke in pieces the brass serpent that Moses had raised in the wilderness. Not because the brass serpent was a bad thing, but because the people had begun to worship the object rather than the doer of the miracle. How interesting is that? That fascinates me so much that people could lose their sight on God so much that they would begin to worship the object rather than the God who actually delivered them. Are there ways that we do that in our day as well? That we place our focus so much on something earthly or something physical that we forget the real meaning behind it or where it really comes from? I think if we're not careful, even things like the sacrament can do that for us. We take the bread and water out of tradition or we take it out of habit, but do we lose the real sight of what it really is, what it really means, and where the power is really coming from? I think if we're not careful or if we get too casual in our day-to-day, it can be really easy to just go through the motions or to focus too much on the physical object rather than the meaning behind it or the symbolism or where it's actually coming from. So continuing on in verse five, it says, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. Wow, that's saying something that's really amazing. It says, for he clave unto the Lord and departed not from following him, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth. So I love those last two verses where it describes who Hezekiah is. He clave to the Lord and departed not from the commandments. He held tight to those commandments. And because of that, the Lord was with him, and he prospered him. Now, guys, let's keep in mind who Hezekiah is. He was Ahaz's son. This Hezekiah was a man who was raised by the worst, the most evil, the most wicked king that the kingdom of Judah had ever had. And yet somehow Hezekiah turns into this righteous, this good man who clung so tightly to the commandments and to the words of the Lord. 
I absolutely love what this teaches us because I think sometimes it can be easy to prejudge people or to assume that where they are now is where God will keep them forever. Sometimes we forget that God is the builder of men and women, that he changes hearts, that he can bring about our conversion. Ahaz wasn't learning the gospel or righteous living at home through his father, but God could still find him and touch him and teach him and convert him. As Hezekiah began to trust him and to lean on him and to use his agency to shun his father's teachings and to follow God. Elder Dahlquist once said, choose righteousness and happiness, no matter what your circumstances. My friends, I love this story because no matter who you are, no matter how you were raised, no matter where you've been or what you've done, no matter what, you can choose God. God has already chosen you, but you can choose him. You can choose to turn to him. You can choose to love him. You can choose to obey him. You can use your agency to become the person that our Father in heaven would have you be, no matter what, no matter where you've been, no matter who your parents are, no matter what you've been taught. God loves you, and he is able to cleanse, to heal, and to make more of us than we could ever make on our own, because he sees who you really are and who you've always been, and he loves you for it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.